so who did you vote for? I'm like, eh, I don't know. You know, I didn't like either one of them. You racist! You Nazi! Welcome to another exciting edition of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where trick-or-treating is over. It snowed, and yes, people still came out for the socialist-free candy. And from America's left coast, where your vote is very important to us, as long as you vote how, when, and for whom we tell you to, I'm Ryan Bemrose. That's how it works everywhere, I think, now. And we're talking about voting today. We're talking about election tech. We're talking about everything that basically surrounds what happens here, at least in the United States with elections. I mean, the whole world has their own way of doing things, and some are a little bit crazier than others. But where we have covered in the past were things that uh, covered some of the other aspects of the voting, such as uh, what, what do we cover? Now I'm blanking here. See, this is what happens when you do things live. I really, I just ran into a microphone. <laughs> no, but we've covered the, uh, when it came to voting, we, the electoral college, we've covered that. Um, but we want to cover the concept of what goes on during an election, how the voting used to happen, how it happens now, how it could happen in the future. Talk about how technology has changed this. and. Uh, Kind of take a look at if we're going in the right direction, I guess, or if like a lot of things, technology just adds another way. Let me let me kind of bury the lead here, but it makes it easier for things to uh, get corrupted and for corruption to have its say in Chicago. I mean, that's been the longest running joke is, uh, you know, to win Chicago, the demographic you have to really go after are the people that have died. Have long been dead because a lot of them still seem to vote. And these new machines, I mean, if you were old enough, I mean, you are, Ryan, and I am to remember the George Bush, the uh, the hanging chads election. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at least we've moved beyond that. I, 2000, I, I, I was old already. I was old and in my 20s, but I was old. Well, you were old when you were young. So yes, we understand that. that. And that was really the first time. The the concept of how voting worked, right? Yeah. And here on the left coast, the demographic you go after isn't the dead people. It's the Californians. But there's about the same level of brain activity there. <laughs> hey, if you're in California and you don't agree with that particular <laughs> statement, Ryan at GrumpyOldBenz.com. But the hanging chads. I mean, let's just talk about that for a second for the people that maybe missed that or yes, are blocking that because, out of their memory. Because for a, for a hot moment back in 2000, ha- Chad was extremely well hung. Another bad joke, but they're getting better. They are getting better. There was even if you watch the show, uh, the How I Met Your Mother in the one episode, well, in multiple episodes, because it was a recurring thing going back to he was trying to find a girl that that he met at a Halloween party one year and he was a hanging chad. There was that was the whole bit where he was the ballot and there was the one little chad hanging uh, off of it, which it was the punch card. I never understood the the whole premise of that show. They had like seven seasons. And did he ever actually explain the conceit in the title? Like, does anybody know how he they 
as far as I was, I, I tried watching like half a season of it and I realized that they were never going to fucking answer how he met his mother, <laughs> their mother. And I, I thought, you know, it was probably a result of a one night stand. Like they hooked up at a party. He got pregnant, had the kids and she was never in the picture. No, that's going to be the, that's going to be the new version where he'll get pregnant and this will all happen. Uh, but that's, that's in the future. We're still yeah. moving towards that. This was one of the shows. I mean, a lot of people were upset with the ending of the Sopranos when it just faded to black and they left a lot of questions unanswered. The how I met your mother was infuriating to pretty much everybody that watched the series. It was one of these things where it was a pretty good series up until the end. And then they just totally borked it because. Well, this isn't a show about that's, that, but they, there was a yeah, twist. No, that's, that. that's why I, I never watched the last episode of any series anymore, because I mean, after I got burned by Lost, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I'll just watch all the drama. And then when they when they hastily try to wrap up every plot line, they're going to do it badly. I'm better off just thinking those are all hanging. Yeah, which is it was that's how big of a thing this was, though, in. You know, one of these shows, a hanging Chad was it was the costume and the basically the hanging Chad was they used to use punch cards. And that is um, I don't know if I've ever voted with. You know what? I think the first election that I voted and had the punch card and then they've moved on to these like Scantron type sheets because that's so much better. But the concept when you have a punch card is if one of the holes you know you, you punch the little bits of paper out if you're a computer programmer from back in what the 40s 50s that's what you were using punch cards and uh, that's what they had people doing punching the little bits of paper out then it gets fed to the machine and that's how they were counting the votes there were the there were some people cards, who were there, were there were some people who were punching out the election officials but <laughs> your jokes are getting worse again go back oh. in the other direction well that did happen uh, but- at least in one precinct in florida where there was a fight started <laughs> Somebody was trying to you. You don't remember that? No, F- no, fucking I don't Florida. I mean, I I can believe it happened, but uh, I guess I blocked that part out. But the uh, the concept with these little punch cards is if you punch the little nub of paper out, but you didn't then pull it off, or if it didn't fall actually off of the thing, then it was a hanging chad, and it came down to they were actually looking at ballots because the race in Florida was so close that they were actually looking at ballots that had neither vote or Gore or Bush totally punched out. And they were like looking at what was there an indentation in this? You know, and it's like, you people are nuts. That was uh, that was taking things to a whole crazy direction. I think it, it yes, it, it was actually. For a lot of people who remember these things, this was the the first of our truly divided elections. The one where uh, all you know a lot of stuff like this had gone on for a long time. Is okay, our voting systems aren't perfect, but they they kind of work, and nobody worried too much about it because you knew that if if for example one of them was punched out almost entirely and hanging on by a few paper fibers and the other one was fully intact you're like okay we just count that as a vote because that's what happened uh and then once you get to the point where you've got a a recount that is being appealed to the supreme court because you know for the, for the first time in election history uh the individual's vote might have mattered because it was only a handful uh, everybody was looking at those papers with the 
tightest of microscopes. It it actually from the opposite side of the country. It was fascinating to watch uh, right up until and I've told this story before. We had a very similar experience here in Washington four years later where our governorship came down to the the recounts. And uh, and again, the state Supreme Court had to get involved because they uh, well, that was the one I, I, I know I've told this story where uh, the Republican initially won and then they recounted and the Republican won again, but by a smaller margin because they found a bunch of extra boxes of ballots that had for some reason just I mean, apparently during Election Day in the most populous county in the state, they they store all their ballots in this storeroom and then immediately lose the key for the main election. I, I, I don't know what that means, but I think it means in elections they don't recount. A lot of votes are getting lost, but they See, found in Chicago. We yeah. find them immediately and we just we know how to sway them. We don't we yeah. never get, let it get to the real. Yeah, election well, that's, that's, that's the thing is all of our lost recounts. all of our lost ballots are, are lost for good until we need them for an election. So they ended up recounting three times. And on the last recount, they found enough mysteriously misplaced boxes of ballots in the most populous Democrat stronghold in the state to finally move it over. And they're like, well, this last one is what actually happened. So the Democrat ended up being our governor. Right. And then when the Republican asks for yet another recount, they go, no, no, this is obviously we got. Yeah, the, they're we, like, no, this is final right results. Yeah, you can recount again. I mean, I mean, that's actually uh, that that technique is used all over the world everywhere. Uh, you know, for example, uh, uh, as of yesterday, uh, England, Britain is uh, now an independent country, completely separate from the EU. Right. Because that was the deadline. Isn't that what happened? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, no, because I think they're a little screwed up. No, they're actually trying to have another election because the first one didn't go the way that the the elites wanted it to. Uh, well, they've had know. a second one, too, right? That also yeah. voted. Brexit and then, and the, then they keep having votes on whether or not the, I mean, a, their parliament over there is actually an amazing shit show. Uh, although we're not really talking about voting uh, or we're about the election results. We're more talking about voting. Are we? Well, I, we're talking about whatever. They're very intertwined. They yes. are very intertwined because it's getting those oh. results. Yeah. That is the that what what is what goes on here. And it, it's interesting that they moved to these scantron things which if you're a little bit uh, younger than you're a little bit older well in, somewhere in the middle maybe you remember taking the tests uh, always with a number two pencil but yes. for some reason when you vote it's with a pen i don't get it because it's not using pencils you just color it in so it's a different uh well, i, I a think different the, reading machine the scantron was 30 years ago i think the technology has gone to the point where they finally have have discovered a way to recognize pen <laughs> rather than just the lead in the yeah, number the two, pencils. Number two yeah. pencil I, I i never quite understood why that was all i know is that number two pencils were a hot freaking commodity on test day we're number two yeah don't want to be number yes. one uh, yeah number, number one two. we have to go number two <laughs> okay that's a star trek reference and it's a i'll, I'll give that joke a yeah, three okay. out of ten so the- uh before we go too far, uh, I, I just want to point out we we may have uh, missed an excellent opportunity to bring on a guest because DC Girl, uh, who is in DC and therefore completely tuned in to national politics just by na- virtue of being in that city, is apparently a uh, an election. Uh, I've lost the gotcha. line in the chat room. Uh, said, uh, yeah, we sh- I should have been on. And I'm like, you know, actually, I would love a chance to talk to DC Girl. OMG, I'm an election officer. You should have had me on. I set up the equipment. See, I, I want to hear about that. 
and what goes on with the equipment, who touches the equipment. And this, this is sounding completely dirtier than I meant it, but this is a very valid question for these machines when they go from point A to point B. And then who is handling them? Who is setting them up? Who is making sure that they're functioning properly? And then who is in charge of making sure that the paper that's fed into them? I mean, I'm assuming the stuff that is done by you is similar to the stuff that's done out here. You get the piece of paper, you go into the little booth, you color in the spots for the guys or women that you want to vote for. And then you put this in as you're walking out into the machine that is reading these. And this has always been where my concern starts coming in because when you put that into the reader and the thing goes in like a copy machine and it takes your ballot and it counts the ballot, but I believe that's also the machine that is reading what you marked and then reporting that to the, you know, the election officials, which then goes from your city to your state and, you know, moves on up the line. And I always wanted to know who was confirming that what those machines were saying was accurate. As you and I both know, machines have issues, you know, in Chrome. For instance, we had to update Chrome this today because there's some zero day exploits. Then even after updating, it was um, you know maxing out my CPU even when it was closed out. Yeah. So well, you, you, you were being yourself, ex- how secure are these? You were being exploited by Google there, right? Well, yeah, you, you don't you think were, Google's trying to exploit the elections? Well, you, you were on. saying you were saying, oh yeah, it seems to be running something like software inventory. I'm like, yeah, that's because it's checking every piece of software anywhere on your hard drive to see if there's anything that's not allowed. <laughs> Sending all that data says the keys are numbered to start the machines, but who does anybody at the end of the day in all of these different precincts, does anybody go through and visually look at the ballots, count them manually like they used to and verify that the manual count is the same as the machine count. And some people may say, well, you can't do this everywhere because that takes up a lot of manpower oh wait that's gendering sorry uh it takes up a lot of people power but it should probably be done in some areas to make sure that these machines are at least randomly check them to make sure they're giving the correct results well, right if if you're if you're looking at a, a race or a, an initiative or a ballot measure that is winning 75 25 uh you probably don't need to put forth the effort to manually recount every single ballot unless you have reason to believe that there is serious corruption. So I guess if you're in Chicago, maybe, but otherwise it's not the only place where you really need to manually go through everything I think is on the close races. And that's why, you know, for example, in the, the state governor's race that I cited, the only reason for the first recount was because state law says if it's within a certain margin, you have an automatic full recount. And I think that, those are the places where, yes, I really hope that somebody is counting them. And DC girl says they do count regularly, which is a good thing. So I was always wondering about that. And the close race concept really changes. Were the electoral college ever to go away? And we did a whole special on the electoral college, uh, Yeah, but you're right. Well, then, then you know, your, your hanging Chad issue becomes the entire country 
as they start yes. scraping in the, the back rooms of, of Fresno, California and Peoria to see if there's anybody else who misplaced an extra box of Democrat ballots. Right. Well, you have to keep those just in case you need them. A lot of people don't realize that's also the problem in a, a certain, you know, in the same kind of a sense with the ballots that people do when you can't get in to the voting place on election day, you can do the pre-voting, you can do the, uh, uh, why am I blanking on the word? Uh, like the, uh, you know, if you're not in the state or whatever, you can request an absentee ballot. That's the word I'm looking for. Hey, I need more coffee. So if you vote absentee, those aren't even going to be counted. Can, can I vote that I need more coffee? Closed. Yes, you can. This is the more coffee party. Yes, I am, I am firmly a part of the more coffee party. So I'm yeah, reading you know in the, that. Uh, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I'm, reading. I'm reading. In the, I'm reading what DC girl saying in the chat. This is some fascinating stuff. I wish she was saying it, but I'm just going to read some of Let's see. Uh, keys are checked regularly. You can't start the machine without the hard key. Uh, we manually check that this is counted the correct number of ballots four times a day. Uh, this is a lot of work. Uh, we count the ballot packs when they're open, count how many are used, count the machine is scanned and compare the numbers throughout the day. I mean, this is actually a lot of effort. I hope that uh, that the election people get paid really well by the parties before they they start manipulating that. It's like 50 bucks a day or something to be an election like, official. It's like that's, nothing. That's like jury duty wages. <laughs> it's not good. It's not going to get you rich. <laughs> I, There's no yeah. doubt about it. I, okay. Speaking of being rich, the last time that I got called for jury duty, I got pulled out of work for four days in a row. And at the very end of it, they made mailed me a check for $11 and 79 cents. But see, DC girl got a ton of money, $200. And then she had to stay there until 445 AM until the last ballot was counted. Yeah, <laughs> that's wow. That's almost where, well, um, I have to applaud your dedication to your civic duty because $200 is, is not a sufficient uh, motivation for that. You just have What's to really $200 believe plus free coffee though. Uh, free coffee yeah. is important. Yes. Yeah, it is very important. But are these, when you look at this from a tech standpoint, are these Scantron basically, let's call them that, but filled out by pen. Is this the best possible technology we can use? And I know there are some no. places now that are doing. No, what the kind of answer is, what kind of question is that? Me. Yeah. Well, what should we be doing? Do you think what's uh, if you were, as a tech guy? What's what's the answer to try to make this easy, secure? And, uh, you know, less okay. likely to be infiltrated. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually pull out, uh, the, the plan. I actually, you know, thought hard about this back in 2000 when they were having all these issues in, uh, in Florida, and, you know, it was national news for a ton of time and I actually followed stories. So of course, you know, that was six weeks of nothing, but, uh, here is the thought that I have in order to make a modern voting machine work correctly and and i you know there's going to be some security things but the very first thing that you have to have in your voting machine is every single time a vote is cast it needs to produce three outputs uh the first one and this is perfectly fine is to because we are in an age of instant gratification everybody needs to know these things immediately uh it will send a ping to a remote server counting server somewhere that says there's one more vote for this. Uh, that is not authoritative, but it is uh, a pretty good way to 
give people really quick results and, and people need that. Um, well, and you're taking it off site, which is also a security yes, measure. That is yes. And that's also important. Uh, secondly, it needs to count in some kind of, of uh, secure memory in the machine, the list of every vote that was counted on the machine so that it can print out when voting closes. Here is the tally for everything that was voted. Those for most races will be the official count because it makes it pretty easy to pull up and say, uh, you know, okay, we have, you know, 10,000 for this 10, you know, 20,000 for this, et cetera. Um, then the third output, which is actually the real authoritative one, if there is any question at all, and, and I don't know if it's necessary, you know, it, DZ girl is, is going to be closer to this. So she's going to tell me everywhere I'm wrong. But the third output that every voting machine needs to have is create a physical piece of paper. Every time a vote is counted, that is shown through a plexiglass window so that and, and the, so when you hit the buttons that say vote. It pops out a piece of paper said, these are your votes. Please confirm. And you can see, but not touch this thing pop in there and you can look at it and say, are these the votes that you wanted? And once you hit yes, that thing is swept away into another kind of secure physical storage to be collected later. Those are the actual ballots. And maybe the official count comes for that. Maybe not. But the idea is you want you want that information to be stored in multiple places. This, this all came from data security. Uh, you want that information in multiple places. You want to be able to get it fast uh, without having to go through lengthy recounts, because uh, even if people are not crooked, people counting paper ballots can make mistakes. So the summaries are really good. Uh, the, the online system is really good. It gives you the instant gratification. It gives you, you know, if a race is winning 60, 40, then you probably don't need to manually count the things initially. Right. But then at the very end, when when you're not sure, you've still got the physical paper ballots that are theoretically difficult to tamper with. Well, and they can mark each one of those paper ballots with an ID, not of the person's ID, but a, you know, a uh, uh, every for every uh, every vote gets its own unique identifier. That way, if they have to go back and look and things don't match, like you said, in your election there, all of a sudden, they kept finding votes, finding votes, finding votes. The first part of your idea, genius, because all the votes are immediately sent somewhere else and they can be offline. I understand that the troll room's pointing that out. Yeah. Uh, so if the Internet's down in that particular area and that would be a way, I guess, to screw with the system would be to take the Internet but out. Most most of the country, as long as you're as long as you're not in California, most of the country has infrastructure <laughs> to keep that sort of thing up these days. And the paper ballots in California might be in the most peril look with all those fires. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we need to print them on something that doesn't burn. Don't don't uh, worry. Only the Republican ballots are flammable. <laughs> I don't doubt that for one minute in California. I don't doubt that for one minute. So, that, I mean, the technology is interesting. And of course, we, we're going to need to talk a little bit about the uh, the concept of voting from home. It's something that with the Internet came out and it keeps getting uh, uh that that know. is uh washington doesn't have polling places most counties anymore um i filled out my ballot two days ago oh that and by the way i dropped them off i, I don't i don't know this if work? this is true everywhere but uh the the off-year election one of the reasons for this topic is the off-year election is coming up in a couple days 
Well, and we knew that we, everybody wanted to be prepared since yeah. we're kind of already in the presidential cycle for oh, next always. year. And, and I guarantee by by this time next year, everybody is going to be so amazingly sick of hearing about anything to do with elections that we figured if we were going to do this show, we had to do it at least a year in advance. And and we are now one year ahead of the 2020 election, where depending on who you ask, uh, you know, Donald Trump will either be. Uh, bl- shot down in a blaze of glory where or or maybe he will uh, be reelected for president for life or maybe he will uh, be lose the election and then barricade him in the Oval Office. I've heard people say that happens too. hey, my favorite part of all of this impeachment talk is when the Democrats and I've heard a few of them already when talking about the need for impeachment was. The reason given why they needed to do this was, well, you know, we just can't let him be reelected, which if people really want to go down a logic hole for a second, that means Uh, that the people that are trying to impeach him believe the will of the people in the country is to reelect this man while they try to remove him from office. Yeah, they actually tell you they played a clip on No Agenda yesterday of one of the Democratic representatives or someone actually saying we have to impeach Donald Trump because if we don't, he'll get reelected. Can you think of a bigger subversion of the election process and the will of the people than that? No, no. And that was the, uh, that is kind of the problem with what's going on in this country. And when you look at the election tech, we're going to go down the, the rabbit hole too, because, you know, for years there was some really bad stuff going on in the United States. With the elections, when there was, oh, you had to pass a test and there was things that was that were being done trying to keep certain people from voting. So voter suppression definitely has a history in this country and I'm sure everywhere else. Uh, For as long as there have been elections, there have been people trying to suppress your vote here. Yeah. Well, well, okay, but specifically for as long as there have been elections, there have been people who want to rig them and. There are numerous ways of rigging them. One is you get to the voting machines. Another is you control the recounts. Uh, Another is you just try to make it so that the people who get to the polls are only the people who you think of. And uh, that could be, quote unquote, voter suppression, or it could be as simple as uh, setting up buses that, uh, you know, here, here's some election buses. We're going to drive you to a polling place but only run that for neighborhoods where your side has the advantage. And some of that is unethical and some of that is, Hey, we're just helping out. Uh, but all of it is, is election meddling. Well, and here comes the biggest question for the election meddling, at least in my viewpoint is you can go through. No, no, the Russian meddling steps. was total fiction, but oh, is, that wasn't <laughs> your question. Bots. Although Russia wanted to uh, completely, they've been testing, unhooking themselves. I think they do this yesterday. We're doing this today where they were doing a test to see if their internal networks in Russia would still work. If they completely were able to, they're trying to cut themselves off completely from the rest of the world. And my question is, if Russia does that, then whose country's bots will get blamed for interfering in the election. But when you're looking at Uh, Chinese, Probably. And then it could be India and all that. But when you're looking at keeping the integrity of the vote, and that's what we're trying to do with all of this technology being used, you're trying to make sure that 
every vote gets counted. This is always very serious for everybody involved in the system is that every vote gets counted accurately. My question then becomes, how come nobody has to show any ID, prove who they are before they get a ballot and are allowed to vote? It doesn't seem to make sense. You said there was a reason behind for this, but I did some I did some quick looking up. Uh, actually, the thing that I found out is that uh, you have to show ID in order to vote in, I think, 30 of the states. So apparently, okay, so this is I'm not around one. now. I, I guess so. Either. I, <laughs> although probably I, all the conservative states. Yeah, maybe. May, maybe it's the ones that. Yeah, it's all the one party. Because I know in California, they don't even care if you're a citizen. They're like, do you have a pulse? OK, come vote Democrat. You know, and everybody gets one vote, which is this is where the importance of verifying who's wait, wait, wait is. when did that start? <laughs> well, not in Chicago. OK, everybody's only supposed to get one vote. And when you can walk in and take somebody else's ballot, it wouldn't be hard. I can guarantee you if you know the name of somebody in your little uh, polling place in your district because that's all you when i walk in they just ask you for your name they don't ask you to show any identification you give the name they ask you to sign and they give you a ballot so they do track i guess that this person said they were me i I, i'm very curious i've always wanted to go back in later in the day and pretend i haven't voted just to see what would happen i understand that's probably illegal but I'm really curious on what the procedure is if somebody walks in and finds out that another person has signed in as them and has taken well, their ballot. If, if you can, if you can manage to commit voter fraud, get away with it and do it on a large enough scale. I think that the penalty is that you get elected to office. Oh, well, I could be city. Maybe, maybe where do I start? Mayor of the city. Here? I, that could be, that wouldn't be oh, bad. Mother. It wouldn't be a bad big. I, I, nice gig. I have to get up a moment. Uh, one of the problems with starting this before sunrise is uh, when the sun does come up, I can't see anything on my screen. So talk for a bit. This isn't sunrise. What are you talking about? This is, this is late in the day for most people. I guess everybody's seeing an in in-depth look at and what goes on in the bemrose household here it's so early in the morning at what 9 40 that's like before the sun comes up to sir ryan bemrose that's why he needs your blankets he needs your water and he needs a few extra cats i believe but i really have never understood the concept where you don't have to show an id being that if you want to buy liquor in the state of illinois they got no problem with you showing having to show an id you want to buy cigarettes no problem asking you to show an ID. You want to get into an R-rated movie if you're too look too young, they're going to ask you to show an ID. And the original argument against this was that they actually charge you to get an ID in the state of Illinois, probably in most places. And it seemed to be a very easy thing, which is to offer everybody a free ID. That's, you know, include that in the cost of all the other taxes that you're rolling in. How much can it actually cost to make a little laminated piece of plastic? A couple of bucks, maybe. And that would at least take care of this issue with, oh, well, it's too much of a hardship to expect everybody to be able to go out and get a state ID. And I never 
have really understood that because it would take care of a lot of problems. You need the ID for so many St- different state things ID. already. Yeah. I, for voting, I think they accept a, a Safeway club card. <laughs> well, it depends again, which area that you're in, but it's like the, the concept that this was too much of a hardship for somebody to get an ID if they wanted to vote. It just says to me that you're not trying hard enough, but see, I'll, I'll make well, it and, even and easier though. Uh, voting. You need a freaking state ID and six pieces of, of identification and, and a current utility bill just to get a bank account. And you can't really function in today's cashless economy without one of those. So if people are functioning in the economy, I don't think it's unreasonable that they should have some kind of ID. Right. Well, they all have cell phones somehow. So they think they probably have IDs because usually well, I think, I mean, okay, I understand. Okay, to- total side note. And, I actually learned that America yeah. is one of the, is in the minority of countries in the world that doesn't actually require you show an ID and have your identity uh, recorded in order to get a cell phone or a SIM card. Apparently that's the thing. Most countries in the world, uh, burner phones, you are, they, they want to crack down on burner phones because that of course is how crime happens in Hollywood. And that's, right. And they, well, and so, uh, in order to crack down on burner phones, they make you show and record your state issued ID in order to get a SIM card, which is a wow. little overbearing in my opinion, but I just thought it was weird because America is one of the only places where I don't have to do that. Now that said, of course, you know, everybody has their contract and the, the two year cycle and everything. I mean, you know, our data is tracked more than anywhere, but. You don't actually have well, no, to. There's I'm no told. contracts with Xfinity Mobile, the greatest mobile network in the history of mankind. Right. I've got a contract, which is to say that in order to get the employee discount, uh, my uh, employee information absolutely had to be recorded. But people that are trying to, it's kind of like the elections, because anybody that thinks burner phones that making somebody give you their name and uh, verify identity before getting that is. It's so far off, just like the same thing with trying to keep elections secure, because burner phones won. That also means then people could just use a fake ID. And the question becomes, how far do you go down the rabbit hole to verify who they are? But two, the concept of burner phones is so last decade. There are services that are out there. Yeah. Including anybody, anybody with an Internet connection can just go get a free phone number from Google. Yeah, there's Google and you can do that if you're running through VPNs. There's textnow.com. There's a bunch of these different sites that are out there that will give you a phone number for free that if you know what you're doing, that phone number will just get to your phone anyway and you won't be able to be tracked. And so and, the concept is just. And anybody who wants to call my burner phone, go ahead and leave a voicemail. It's 430-201-4841. Yeah, just leave Ryan the information you'd like us to talk about on the next show. We will get the message there. There's no doubt about it. We will get that message. I assure you of that. Yes, we'll hear it Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Call that number now. Ask for Fletcher. He is the guy that does our phones. He's the guy that's always Fletcher is our secretary. Yes. He takes down all of our messages and then plays some smooth jazz in the off hours. Yeah, well, he keeps it, he keeps us calm, and that's what we need to do when talking about the insanity. It's not working. Um, well, for you, maybe not. The, you add the coffee into it, you get the jitters and all that. But the question becomes for me: Why haven't we? Except it's going. I understand what the one side's going to push it, which is 
if it was too much of an inconvenience, if it was too much for people to have to get an ID in order to vote, they're going to tell you the same thing about an internet connection. Although, I mean, we're hearing, you know, internet connectivity now is a human basic human right. Everybody should have access to this. Most people have phones. Right. On the one hand, it's uh, internet. Internet is a basic human right, and I'm going to digress. Internet is a basic human right is is a positive right, which means it's not really uh, an effective right to build a society on because it is a right where you are demanding that somebody else do something as a part of your right, which is not really a right. That's more of a privilege. Uh, that said, all of the talk about making internet a basic human right, I'm totally in favor of people thinking that it should be. Because that staves off the inevitable point where uh, the people in power, the authoritarians will say, ah, you don't need this. I'm going to shut you off. Uh, the, if, if people in power even believe that it is a quote unquote basic human right, then maybe they won't shut us off. I don't know. Maybe. But here's the question. Then. Why aren't we moving to a system of online voting? When you have to log into something, say your bank account, they do a very good job of keeping other people from logging in. So, I mean, I understand we're talking about the government and they're probably nowhere near as competent as the worst bank in the world. I, I don't even trust the government to manage an SSL certificate. Look at healthcare.gov. <laughs> There's no way they would get that right. Uh, but what they yeah, would do yeah, is they would spend... Right. They would spend $60 million to contract out to D Boulder somewhere and end up with a website that could be compromised in 10 minutes by somebody who knows how to sniff an SSL cert. That's yeah, sad, but true. I mean, and, I always and thought as, that would be the place you would go. And, and also, uh, the, the bank sites are generally, well, first of all, the, the assertion that your bank webs or online banking is secure is uh dubious uh they they secure their login using uh https using ssl certs and as progo will point out who we had on show 13 uh those are fundamentally broken they're not entirely secure they're better than not encrypting your traffic um but they're not entirely secure uh the other thing is banks uh, and, and you see stories about this all the time, um, even where they are technologically secure ish, um, they're vulnerable to social engineering attacks, uh, especially oh, the, yeah. Everything the is. you know, the SMS authentication sort of thing. So it is, uh, but the actual logins themselves, I mean, these SSL certificates have issues, but there's not really any issues with what these sites are using with your username and password unless they they get hacked and your password uh you know is very simple and it's able to be brute force hacked by uh if they can grab the the hash with the salt and all the other good stuff that the hackers will talk about but the system you would think can be just as secure as what we've got now when you talk yes. about yes it of can and that's found. why i don't want it <laughs> <laughs> it can be exactly good? as secure as we have now, which is not good enough. <laughs> How do we get more secure? That is uh, the real question. Well, we could start by getting some honest people in in charge of it. Oh, who am I kidding? That's that's a utopia, and we all know what happens to utopias when you add humans. Well, it is because we're also living in a time where it's never been a bigger divide between the two parties, which means 
they there seems to be even more of an incentive right now to go after the other side to do everything you can for your side to win i mean that is the rally cry of the left right now and has been since trump took office was hashtag resist and and it's been for for as long as there have been elections there's always been the uh the the other side you know people claiming the other side is evil so vote for my side uh but it the the exceptional thing i'm seeing now in the era of orange man is people actually i mean the have you ever heard the phrase the ends justify the means oh yeah a thousand times what what is your position on that particular phrase the position would be it's very easy to get people to drink the kool-aid because of that phrase meaning well which why do you think they're if we're going to stay on the orange man bad for a minute, why do you think it's the constant barrage of all of these horrible, horrible things that president Trump has done in the news nonstop? It's to build the base of this guy's a horrible person. We can't let him be reelected, which just programs these people. Now say they are election judges or election officials in areas where the voting is actually close and will make a difference. This gives them the moral okay in their mind to go and push votes in the other way because the ends justify the means. We can't let Trump get reelected. And that's uh, uh, we have been seeing for three years now, actually five years now, uh, the constant permanent barrage of orange man, bad orange man, bad in the media, every single, you know, I, I cringe every time that Dvorak comes up with another fucking Amy Goodman clip on no agenda because, Oh, first of all, you know, the nails on chalkboard voice is bad enough, but then she is, you know, incredibly addled and, and we'll say anyway, I, it, I don't, this isn't a rant on that, but it, what I'm seeing with the constant barrage. And I think you're seeing this too is, uh, you know, whereas before, we would always say, well, this is a war and you have to fight your, you know, we have to convince and take over the hearts and minds and propaganda is as old as the nation and probably a lot older uh, trying to convince voters. But that's always been the line is you convince the voters and anything that crosses over into, for lack of a better term, election meddling uh, tampering with votes, uh, changing things has been the realm of corruption and is generally looked down on if you're not personally corrupt. But I am seeing more and more people who five years ago would have been normal, honest people who are now saying uh, things like, yeah, if if it's really close in this district, then uh, they need to just, uh, you know, meddle with it because uh, they they can't possibly let Trump win. It's for the good of the country. Um, what, what was the, the FBI agents from a couple of years ago? Uh, uh, Lisa stroke and Peter struck and page. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, those people who were going out and saying, we need to actually meddle in the election to make sure Trump doesn't win. And, and they got caught red handed trying to fuck with an election. That is about the most sacred thing that we have in America for in, in, in politics. There, there is nothing more sacred than the will of the people should be 
what what you you know should determine who's in power. And I am really bothered by the number of people who are starting to think it's okay to fuck with the election to uh influence voters to use violence and intimidation for no reason other than oh we can't possibly have the orange man get in and the pinnacle of that is we have to impeach him so that he doesn't get reelected right that is the antithesis of freedom that is the antithesis of listening to the voice of that, the that voters. is that is we are abandoning democracy and moving on to authoritarian thugs run, regime running your system. A lot of people want that. It's sad. It's true. Do your homework. Well, Why do you think history is not being taught anymore? But I, I guarantee what? that if it had been used for Romney against Obama, nobody would. None of the people who are crying for it now would have wanted it. Well, because they're all Democrats, of course. Well, see, that's the problem is that nobody on the left wants to talk about the Strzok page interference with the election. And these are people that actually work for the government in the FBI in one of these big, powerful three letter agencies. They would rather go to, oh, there was Russian meddling. There was Russian interference. And what cracks me up is that if you are to go out on the street right now and ask people what this Russian interference was with the election, I'd like to know what they're going to say, because this interference, even the people that are the ones spreading this who actually know what happened this supposed russian meddling came in the form of like facebook ads i mean how is that meddling with an election i, I don't know i think there might be some because uh stroke or stirzak or whatever I, I don't even know how to pronounce that because i'm pretty sure that's a russian name he was the one meddling it does sound russian I, well, it sounds it sounds Eastern European anyway. When people hear, when your average person hears the media saying that there was Russian interference with the election, I don't believe they know this came in the form of internet ads. This uh, is yeah. this is insanity because no, the, anybody, the, I mean, the Russian interference story was pure manufactured bullshit. Uh, the only thing they managed to demonstrate is uh that propaganda came through well whoop the fucking do first of all there is not a country in the world that can propagandize anybody better than the american government or does uh you know the the american government propagandizes way more than anybody you know mark zuckerberg could not sway more people than the american government does uh secondly um it's it's propaganda uh it's not meddling if if you know meddling would be actually fucking with the vote system the election system they're right. not doing talking that about yeah yeah no that there's none of that but that is what it would sound like when oh. you're hearing that story and then of course there's the hypocrisy argument which is uh what the fuck do you think that the american state department has been doing to every single election in the entire world <laughs> since for as long as there's been an american state department Meddling. They admit it. Yeah. Propaganda dropping leaflets. I mean, we go back to that kind of a thing. You know, there's this is not something that is new. And we live now in a global society with sites like Facebook and the Twitters and all the social medias. These things bring people from around the world into one little area where they can converse. But the thing that really blows my mind with this Russian 
collusion, Russian meddling is it was a very small amount of money. If I remember right, it was like $100,000 or something like that. Well, that's that's only you and me. That's the only part they were able to prove the if if they had come up with anything else, they would have used it that because the story was fully made up. And then they were like, so we have to prove that this happened. Go find us some evidence. And that is the only paltry thing they found. Right. They spent about a hundred grand on ads on Facebook. And as somebody who has worked in marketing a little bit, trying to help companies get sorry. people in their door. Yeah, I know. Oh God, it's I feel so, so bad for you. <laughs> if you've ever dealt with the Google ads, Facebook ads, you know that spending a hundred thousand dollars probably changed three people's mind on the election. If you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. your return on investment is not huge with these types I, of ads. I mean, if if you want to see, uh, you know, it's not Facebook ads that's doing it. If you want to see who is actually interfering in elections, uh, go look at uh, Dr. Robert Epstein's uh, congressional testimony where he points out that he has, you know, and, and he he is a self-described Democrat. He says he voted for Hillary. I'm, that I'm try not to let that ruin his reputation too much. Um, but he says. I absolutely want the Democrats to win, but not in the way that Google is doing right now. And then he points out ways that he said he says he claims that he has proven that Google used their search engine to sway 10 million votes. And if you think the, you know, the, the constant drumbeat of, oh, Hillary won the popular vote because 3 million people from California uh, you know, okay, right. well, what about 10 million people from Google? And I can't say for, I haven't, I honestly, I'm, I'm skeptical of the claim, but I don't have any reason to think it's wrong. And I absolutely believe that the algo, and, and I'm not saying that there's somebody at the top in Google who's got their marionette strings pulling on it and going, Oh, well, you know, if I push this, I'm saying that the algo was trained on people in Silicon Valley who for the most part are addled leftists. And then the algo went out and started manipulating people because that's what algos do every time they get a search result. And it says, uh, you know, okay, so we've got these, you know, they, they just searched for, uh, you know, is there Russian meddling? And so I've got two results that seem valid. I've got one from, uh, Breitbart and one from the Wall Street Journal. And my training says that the Wall Street Journal is uh, reliable. And my training says that Breitbart is fake news. And so I'm going to push forth the Wall Street Journal one. And that's the one that says that Trump meddled. Well, that, that's what the algo does to be. Google would nix both of those sites as sources. But well, here's maybe. the question. <laughs> you know, here's the question. I do believe that there are people pushing buttons, not necessarily the people in charge. Someone in the again, control room is out of control, right? We're going back to your concept of the ends justify the means. Cause we just had this story oh God. Yeah. that Steven Crowder broke, which was Tulsi Gabbard. Well, I hope he fixed it. Every, everybody was searching for her on YouTube during one of those debates. When this is when the, if you're a candidate, if you're Tulsi at that point, you're making your points. People are looking you up. It's a yeah. very time sensitive thing. And when yeah, you get about five minutes. You get about yeah, five minutes were, to be relevant. And when people, people are searching were for looking you, looking her up in the United States, they weren't finding her videos. If you went in on a VPN in the United States, 
you weren't finding her videos. If you went in with the VPN from any other country, her videos were showing up. That isn't the algo. That has to be somebody pushing a button. And this is the kind of things going on that are actually meddling in our elections. This is the way that Google has a lot of control over what people think. Oh, Tulsi said something bad about Hillary. Oh, we have to shut her down. We can't let people find what she said. We have to bury this because we need to keep the keep pushing the narrative that they want, which is very interesting to me, though. Did you see the news story that Twitter is saying they're not going to take any political ads moving up to the presidential <laughs> election next year? No, no, they're not going to label anything as political ads, I think, is is the way that they should have phrased that. Yeah, because I can't believe with all the money that would come in on ads that this would be a viable business decision, nor do I believe that these online platforms want to get out of this market. Okay, I got to know, do you think that Dorsey is just virtue signaling or do you think he's that dumb and trying to avoid all that extra money? I don't know. It's very strange. It's a very strange thing when you look at it, because Twitter has people they have to answer to that that is guaranteed going to lose the company money which for a publicly traded company is a big no-no for a ceo yeah because this is where i mean you want to talk about the networks where do they make their money i mean they make their money during super bowl once a year and then they make it for the election season every four years that's where the big bucks come in so to take yourself out of that book i don't get it yeah it's gonna lose twitter money which is going to cost him in the long run but i'll tell you what the one the one thing that companies have been able to do in recent years because uh, ends justify the means or just is if you are, if your company is woke and is virtue signaling, then in la- the last couple of years, apparently shareholders and the public will forgive you for costing your company millions of dollars by virtue signaling. Uh, you know what, what happened to Gillette? After, uh, you know, they had they had one quarter after their big, uh, uh, be, you know, be a man commercial or whatever. Oh, right. And yeah, that one quarter men. was down like 20 percent. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's been any kind of fallout internally, but I haven't heard anything about it other than, oh, yeah, their quarters down. Well, I mean, anybody who thought about it for a moment, let's see, we are trying to get, we are selling a product for men because in general, putting aside the 73 genders, women don't tend to shave their face. So this is a product we're trying to sell to men and we're putting out a commercial where we insult all men who thought this was a good idea. It's woke virtue signaling. And for some reason, uh, the shareholders seem to be forgiving that. And that's pretty much what what Silicon Valley runs on these days is is woke virtue signaling and venture capital funds. Well, and along with this, which I thought was the most humorous thing, and there have been a lot out of the, that came has come out of AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's mouth, was her complaint that too many political advertisements contain untruths. <laughs> You don't say that's like what, what, when have political advertisements ever been fact-checked by when, when has anything to do with, when has anything to do with politicians ever had a truth in it? The the only time, the only time the truth is ever told is in 
negative ads when a scandal comes out and something juicy, then they will latch onto the one truth they've ever seen in their lives and hold on for dear life. So it's an interesting thing to look at that as well, because is this where we're moving with these companies like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? I know they're part of Facebook, but in order to take ads, the concept, this is the scariest part about this, though, because we live, as we've talked about in previous episodes, at a time where people are firmly in dimension A or dimension B, as we've talked about. Everybody has a very clear line right now on politics. There's not a lot of gray area. There is orange man good and orange man bad. So where do you go when a company like Facebook goes, okay, we're going to take political ads, but we're going to fact check. Let's put the fact check in quotes. What do you think (laughs) the end result of that is? Uh, More biased ads, which um, I mean, it's not much of a change, uh, but you can... You can have well, an independent is. organization fact check everything you do as long as you choose which independent organizations fact check. Well, yeah, the problem is this is a huge change is that you used to get ads from both sides that lie. Now, this, I believe, is going to be used by Facebook. And if Twitter, I'm eventually guessing Twitter's going to come on board and go, oh, well, you know what? We have to take ads, but we're going to do this. We're going to verify well, that the ads are truthful before we run them. And to both of these companies, my guess is the only truthful ads that are going to come in are going to be those from the Democrats. And they're going to go, well, no, the Republicans, those ads were you have to change those ads. I I think you just you just made the prediction that that I wanted to make, uh, which is exactly that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the scoop. But (laughs) yeah, somehow I think that Twitter is going to find a way and and they will come up with a great convoluted justification that will probably involve fact checking that they decide, uh, Oh, we're only, we're going to take ads, but we're only going to take certain ads from people we support. Well, and you can't like, say that like that, you know, but I, yes, I fact that's check, the end result. I fact check this because I know, you know, it's the, it'll be like Twitter's director of ad placement coming out and saying, well, I happen to know that this ad was completely correct because I volunteered for her campaign. Right. Right. <laughs> no conflict and of interest there. And that is the epitome then of manipulation, but that's fine when it's for your side. Again, the ends justify the means, or it's just the fact that we're living in such a dimension, a dimension B that it's not even, people don't even think that it's the ends justifying the means. So I'm doing something wrong. This is just the complete, I'm in the right. I know this is true. Orange man, bad climate change, real, whatever it may happen to be. You know, yeah. I, I, almost all of the idiocy that I see these days tends to come from the left side. And, and a big part of that is that where I live, the, the Democrats comprise 95% of all politics. So that's really, you know, when I get pissed off at politics, it's Democrats doing it here on the left coast. But I also think that there's a, there's a factor of uh, the, the Republicans in general are not putting out stuff because first of all, you know, first of all, their hands are completely tied. They have to run the orange man. There's really no other possibility. So the, they're not going to be pushing out candidates. Um, they have, yeah, the, you're not hearing idiocy from Republicans in general because all of the idiocy that you're hearing is laser focused on the one idiot at the very top. And every single thing he says 
uh, not all of it is idiotic, but a significant portion is like, wait, he, did he actually tweet that? What? Uh, uh, and the media fucking pick apart every single piece. So that is everything you're hearing from the right is Trump, 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 Trump. On the left is everybody else. And so when I look out and I see idiocy, it is by and large from Democrats. In the No Agenda troll room that we use when recording these shows live on Friday mornings, available at noagendastream.com, Dirty mentions that according to NPR, political <laughs> ads, yeah, I know, talk about uh, bias, but according to NPR, political ads allegedly only accounted for 3% of Twitter, or as he calls them, twatter revenue. And yeah. uh, citation needed. Low. Yeah, that seems low. And that seems uh, it seems to me that that might also be in years not revolving around presidential elections. A lot less money is spent. I'm also not convinced we're ever going to find that out. No. Well, yeah, that's it's it's uh, transparency isn't really big with these companies. No, no. Uh, And and it shouldn't be because, uh, you know, how are they going to manipulate the election if everybody knows it? Uh, I wanted to. You kept going back to the ends justify the means, which I think is kind of a theme of this show because it really is. It it is what makes politics these days more exceptional is the persistent idea that is becoming more and more popular amongst the people that it as long as you as long as it works to achieve your political end, all the rules can be thrown out. And that is that is truly disgusting. The only thing that has allowed us to have anything resembling a civil society or civil discourse in, in this country is that there are certain rules. One of them is elections are inviolate. One of them is, uh, you know, you, you don't actually tell your political opponents that they're Hitler because you don't like them. Um, (laughs) And another one, which is actually probably the first point where I saw the disturbing trend of people honestly believing that it was justified to completely violate rules because of your political ends is uh, uh, three or four years ago. Do you remember Punch a Nazi? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a a big thing. It started with a group called Antifa, but it moved on to college campuses to inner cities where roving bands of retarded youth, mostly youth. I hope it was youth, but I, you know, I, 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 I'm pretty sure most of these were on the left of the spectrum because of the content. And I can assure you that because of their behavior, every fucking one of them was a dumbass dipshit who needs to be taken and have all of their fucking participation trophies come away. But they honestly believe that because somebody holds opposite political views, and in this case, they called them Nazis. Uh, what they really meant was anybody who supported or voted for Trump or anybody who uh, doesn't have their ideology. They honestly thought and and I saw this, you know, of course, the the y- you've got your Twitter. I've got my secret shame is Reddit uh, people on Reddit who were completely unapologetic about saying, yes, this person voted for Trump and therefore it is justified to go out on the street and punch them in the face without provocation. And there were people who would 
put out on YouTube assault. They would, you know, somebody would be wearing a, a swastika armband. And why is somebody doing it? Well, it's it's certainly poor. It's it shows low class. It's kind of poor form to be walking around in a swastika armband. But people should be allowed. And these roving gangs of YouTube thugs would go out and physically attack them. I'm sorry, but in a place, especially in a place where we purport to have freedom of speech, it is not fucking okay to physically assault somebody for anything they wear, for anything that they say, for anything other than in re- direct response to physical assault. And uh, you know the, the justification, which I guess is, again, part of the no child left behind, everybody gets a trophy, is we have taught a generation of people that words are actions. And if somebody says something that hurts your feelings, that's the same as physical assault. And therefore, you're justified in physically hitting them. That is wrong on so many levels. And I put that at the fault of schools and academia who have completely failed an entire generation. And if our society crashes and collapses and dies in the next 20 years, it's because of these fucking retarded virtue signaling left addled teachers who have taught every single child that you are entitled to everything in the world and should treat any emotional distress that you ever feel as a reason to lash out and become antisocial and our society is turning into fucking lord of the flies not everybody gets to fuck adriana lima that's the bottom line nobody's teaching that in school anymore and the new nazi armbands are red make america great again caps that's what's setting people off and it's happening on a daily basis and you're right people are being taught now that these are the enemy this is again dimension a dimension b and there's no middle ground anymore they are the enemy whatever they say is wrong whatever trump says is wrong somebody's wearing a make america great again hat or they say they like in defense actually most of what trump says is wrong anyway but it's entertaining at least politicians what they say is basically wrong i mean that's that's (laughs) absolutely where you know that that is that is the mentality that is driving us down the wrong path I've been bitching about this now for over a decade. I believe if we go back on a podcast where I would yeah. bully 57 episodes, bullying. 57 I'm episodes bullying. of random thoughts and counting and way from beyond random thoughts years and years ago, the bullying, I knew what this was. It is an attack on the freedom of speech. Yeah. And zero it's tolerance. It's zero happening. tolerance was probably the first thing that I saw that, you know, because bullying was identified as a problem and everybody started to say, you know, we need to stop bullying. And if we can do that, then it's OK to trample on people's freedom of speech because uh, won't somebody please think of the children. That might be the first example I can think of that the ends justify the means in public schools was uh, in the, you know, the bullying epidemic turned into zero tolerance where uh, we don't even look at any extenuating factors anymore instead we suspend the victim anytime there's a fight well did you see along those lines we'll get out a small rabbit hole here the i believe it was a janitor it was it was a school employee but not a it was but he wasn't a teacher but it was a actually you know what i think it was a school security guard that lost his job has now gotten it back but you're talking the zero tolerance yeah there this was a black uh security guard and a black student well, the student called him the N-word, and in response to this kid, he said, hey, punk, whatever he called him, 
don't call me the n-word and that got him fired because saying the n-word is racist and you have to get fired zero tolerance so saying this to the asshole kid who just called you the name repeating it saying don't call me this got so, the guy fired <laughs> i and your your story is amazing and i like it but i just a uh, quick reminder uh we on grumpy old bens believe in freedom of speech you are allowed to say the word nigger we are yeah you do not have to self-censor because if you go down that route the next you're going to be saying the r word and then you're going to be saying the T word and maybe even the Q word. And where wait, does wait, it end the from T there? Word? Suddenly what's we lose T all communication and can't what talk to each T other. Word? I don't know. I'm making shit up. Well, I know you've said the R word and the N word in this episode. So you understand the beginning of the show is probably going to be R and R. Yes. And we'll probably get removed from YouTube for that. <laughs> We're not on YouTube. We're not on. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's uh, that is one of those platforms that is so so very open and understanding and not free at all but besides that so this is where the zero tolerance breaks down but it's interesting that the people that are on the side that would say things like well making somebody get an id in order to vote that's voter suppression but then you walk up to them and go hey look over in philadelphia i think this was in the the last presidential election uh look over in philadelphia there's like two guys here from the black Panthers with like baseball bats in their hands, standing in front of the polling place. And they're like, Oh, that's not voter suppression. That's not voter suppression. No, because, because beating people (laughs) who are walking you know, if somebody is walking toward the polling place and you beat them to half to death because of their skin color, that's voter suppression. You know what else is voter suppression is going out on the street of Portland and punching somebody in the face because they made the mistake of mentioning who they voted for. That's voter suppression. This shit is wrong. Stop it. And people understand, don't understand why polls are never accurate. Tell the truth. (laughs) Yeah. You, you people, nobody in today's highly polarized climate where you are absolutely, you are attacked. Not only are you attacked for being on the wrong side, which is something that's been happening in politics forever, but now people are being attacked verbally and sometimes physically for not taking a side if you you know if you come out of the polling place and you're they're like so who did you vote for i'm like "Eh, i don't know you know i didn't like either one of them you racist you nazi what (laughs) how did you not (laughs) yeah you know but that is that is the situation that we're dealing with right now which is showing up at polling places can be a dangerous thing that's uh, voter suppression 101 But of course, trying to get a system where you don't actually have to show up in the polling place is hard for a lot of areas and getting your votes to be counted correctly. Then there's no easy answers really to the problem of a lot of this because it relies upon, as you say, it relies on human beings. And if the people involved then are corrupt, it doesn't really matter. They're going to try to pull things off and they're probably going to be successful at least somewhat. And uh, so we, we've been talking about people going to polling places, which I, I think I mentioned uh, in the state of Washington, that doesn't even happen anymore. Uh, the entire state is now vote by mail. Uh, I don't know if that's better or not. You certainly don't have people being intimidated. Uh, I know the media hates it because they can't ask people coming out of the polling places. Uh, the The last election a year ago, um, there was the the polling drop box in downtown 
where when I went up to drop off my ballot, there was somebody giving interviews with a microphone at the ballot drop box. This is people who have finished their ballots and are just taking to drop them in the, the sealed ballot in the drop box, which uh, our system here is we get mailed the ballot uh, a few weeks in advance and you fill it out whenever and you can send it back by mail. But if you don't want to put a stamp on it, then you take it to a drop box. So I thought that was interesting. Somebody was recording there. I don't well, know I, if I that's, this, I think this whole system that you're dealing with is interesting. I, I, I'd be curious to know, reach out to us on uh, either the social medias or Darren at grumpy old com or Ryan at grumpy old Benz or both. And let us know what system your state is using. Cause I've, I didn't, I was not aware that Washington is a hundred percent vote by mail. How do they, uh, each ballot has to have some kind of code on it to make sure that it's a, <laughs> that you can't have 10 of those. So you can't make an exact copy and vote. 10 uh, times. I'm assuming there's an idea on these ballots. So right. in, well, in practice, it makes it things a lot more secure because people can uh, choose their votes without any kind of coercion in the privacy of their own home. Uh, you know, that's that's a theory uh, in, in practice. What you're what we're doing is we are filling out a sheet of paper that says who we want, and then we are sending that sheet of paper somewhere else. And then a couple weeks later, the news reports that a particular candidate won. And well, just we just clear. have to trust that those votes were even counted or that there was any kind of honesty going on. Which I wouldn't. But to be clear, though, at least they're not putting your name on the ballot, right? Your name well, and we, okay. Uh, so How the ballot. Work? Okay. The, there's, there's two pieces. There's the ballot and there's the envelope. And uh, the ballot itself does not have any voter identifying marks. So, uh, but the envelope. Uh, and here's here's a part that I that bothers me about the mail. It's why I use the drop boxes. Um, in order to verify that you voted, you have to sign the outside of the envelope, which has your name and everything on it. Which is why I don't put this shit into the mailbox because it has my signature on the outside of the envelope. <laughs> Nothing wrong. There's no identity fraud so, possible at that point. No. Yeah. So in, in theory, uh, what they do is they take all of these envelopes, they uh, separate the envelope from the ballot. They put all the ballots into a pile. They use the envelopes to check whether or not somebody voted. Um, but in theory, they don't keep those connected anymore. And then the ballot, I don't know if each ballot has any identifying marks on it, but they're all machine printed. So let's assume they do. They and then they run the to. ballot through. It's, it's a standard Scantron thing, which you have to fill out with a pen. Uh, you know, number, no number two pencils allowed here anymore. Uh, and like I said, this all happens behind closed doors. So if you trust your election officials, it's actually a very neat way of doing it. If you don't trust your election officials, or if your election officials have a tendency to take large boxes full of ballots that are all marked Democrat and leave them in storerooms just in case they're needed later. Um, well, see, that's a horrible system. Now, I see, I understand why, because these are being dropped off where most of the world, at least in the, the United States, as far as I know, you have the day where everybody goes out and votes. So all of these things are being collected over a, you know, a one day uh, period of time well, the, where the, if the you're drop mailing actually, them in yeah they're, they're not yeah you know, they're, 
But if you're mailing ours are, ours them in, being, they're coming in weeks in advance, then I can see how these things get, oh, we'll put them in a box and we'll store them here and then we'll we'll get ready to count them. But that is a horrible system. One, I would really like to know there has to be some kind of an identifier on each ballot. Otherwise, it would voter fraud would be so easy because all you got to do is make up 100 ballots, 1,000 ballots, fill them out and take them to a drop box. Well, because if you're not attached to them at all, um, I'd you know, like to think system. so, but you know, <clears throat> DC girl was talking earlier about uh, when, when she does the in-person election, that there is a very, very strict chain of handling that needs right. to happen. And you, you always make sure you document everything that touched the ballots. And I'm not even sure that sort of thing is possible when the ballots trickle in over several weeks. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe if you treat it like an evidence locker, but I, I don't know how strict they are, but, the problem well, I'm not is even worried about it at that point. I'm worried about it. Somebody can make a thousand ballots, fill them out and drop them off. Well, no, the, it, I'm not allowed to go in and watch the ballots being counted. I don't even know when it happens there. It's just in oh, a too. dark city room, <laughs> which means that you don't even need that. The, here's the, the simplest way to get your well, way in an election. You, well, you collect all of the ballots. Corrupt person. You here's 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 the Sir Bemrose method of voter fraud. You collect all the ballots, you run them through a shredder, and at the end of voting day, you declare your candidate as the winner. <laughs> all evidence gone. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm just curious. How many people vote in Washington as opposed to how many citizens do you have? Because I'm guessing there may be like 10 times the votes compared to the citizens in Washington. I no, I I mean, we get for an off election like this, we'll probably get about 40 percent turnout. Which which might be really high, um, but I mean it'll it'll come out to about two or three million votes across the state, which uh, is also very interesting. I'm still, I see, still here's, have more questions about here's, this. Here's the One. the interesting the interesting demographic about Washington is that uh, we have our illegal immigrants, but we don't have that many illegal immigrants on the left side of the state. Uh, the majority of illegal immigrant culture in this state is on the agricultural side of the state because they, they come in to work in, uh, in fruit orchards and stuff, you know, during, during planting season, when you've got a farm that you can manage with, uh, you know, a farmer and his wife and his kid, you, most of the year round. And then suddenly you need 300 people because you've got a week of these things being ripe before they all rot. And so the, the immigrant labor is huge over on the, the right side of the state. But the problem is that, that is the Republican side of the state. So you don't you don't see a lot of people pushing for illegals to or, or non-citizens to get votes in this state because the left side don't have all of those votes in the bag because they're from eastern Washington. OK, but I don't understand. How do people that are experiencing homelessness, how do they deal with a system where the ballots mailed to you? I don't know. I'm it's, I'm well, certain that's voter suppression, right? I'm certain we have Seattle <laughs> Democrats who are working on this. They might just go and take a vo mobile voting booth and drive it up to each homeless camp. I'm not sure. I might I'm have to also get curious. Yeah. I'll have to check that I, out and I'll get back to you because I'm now suddenly really curious. Yeah, because that that is obviously a big problem. If you're mailing everybody their ballot, the other would be. Because it is, is really this? important for the 10,000 people living on the streets of Seattle to all vote Democrat. Right. They got to get those votes in. But here's the other question. 
Although like maybe, married. maybe by the way, maybe the answer is that there are so many Californians infusing the Seattle area that they don't need the homeless votes in order to guarantee that 95% of all the politicians are Democrats. And you're cohabitating as I am with my wife. Uh, I am not cohabitating with your wife. Stop <laughs> spreading rumors. <laughs> That's another rumor we have to start. Um, the, how do you guarantee the authenticity of that? I mean, part of the, you have to go in and vote would take care of the fact that a wife wants to vote differently than her husband. A husband wants to vote differently than his wife. This is a very individual thing is voting in the United States of America. If the ballots come in the mail and you're the one that gets them, I'm the one that gets them. Your wife's the one that gets them. Whoever gets them, what's to stop them from opening up your ballot, filling it out and putting it into a drop box? Domestic violence. (laughs) Okay. That's the answer to everything. Well, uh, it's I mean, a possibility. There are so many but, questions. I, I mean, to, okay, to answer about that, uh, no, I, I'm, I would be surprised if the signatures are even checked against anything. Um, which means, yes, I'm certain if you can get a hold of of your spouse's ballot, you can just fill it out and go. And I know a lot of people do that. A lot of people don't want to deal with it, so they're like, ah, oh, you oh. know what, uh, wife over here, why don't you, you know, wife number one, why don't you go ahead and fill out my ballot for me? That happens. So to, to- you but actually still have to keep them in the envelope when you put them into the Dropbox then with your signature that well, goes you, into the Dropbox as well. Well, what you have to do is you fill out the ballots, which have no identifying marks and there's no way to know who did it. And then you put a ballot into a, an envelope that was mailed to a person. It has the person's name on it. And then you put a squiggle on it that may or may not be their signature. And if you, that's the thing, if, Basically, I don't think there's anything that really prevents it. They're supposed to be able to check the signatures. I don't think they do. And also, I know that my signature changes from day to day enough that and uh, and yeah, I'm sure lots of people horrible. do. See, what, there's no way signatures. You, when you originally said that you drop them in the box, I thought you just dropped the ballot. And so you're still when you drop it into no. a box, you're no, still you drop the envelope with your name on it. Yeah. That the envelope horrible. with your name on it. Yeah. Whoa. What the hell is that's horrible. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me paint a worse picture because you brought up the, what if you get a hold of your spouse's ballot? No, that's not what it is. What if you find out which day any particular neighborhood is getting their ballots delivered? Because of course these are bulk mailed (laughs) right? and you just drive from mailbox to mailbox and pull the ballot out of each one. Now you have 40 ballots in your hands that were all mailed to different people. You fill them all out the way you want. You squiggle anything on the front, pretend it's a signature, throw them all in the Dropbox. That's horrible. I, I mean, I can't believe that the Dropbox. So every vote is not anonymous in Washington. It's the absolute, absolute opposite. Because well, like I said, it's if, in an envelope with your name on if, it. If you trust that the election process works the way it's supposed to. The first thing that the counters are supposed to do in their closed room that has absolutely no transparency, um, there's probably no windows or they're covered up. Um, the first thing they're supposed to do is separate the ballot from the envelope, put the envelope in the list of, of voters to be checked, put the ballot in the list of ballots to be counted. And theoretically, that disassociates them. If you trust that they're doing the things they're supposed to be doing, that works. That's a big intrigued on how that system works. Yeah, that is that actually seems worse than the Chicago area, which is hard to do. And then you would have to wonder. I mean, yeah, they might be getting rid of those envelopes, but who's to say 
that your voting preferences aren't being logged that, oh, Ryan Bemrose voted this way. That's absolutely horrible. Oh, oh, you don't know about this. I I don't know if this is is, if this is unique to Washington or no, there is a public website where you can look up somebody and see their voting preferences. No, there's not. Uh, Well, I know lots of states have it. The first one I ever saw was California. I, I. I believe that such a thing exists for Washington because I've looked myself up, but uh, the you, California in particular is a place uh, that has this. And I know because I've seen people public start doxing people. It's one of the methods used. Um, so what they can't do is say exactly who you voted for. That information is not there. But what is there is you can look up, up on a public website. You can look up somebody by name and you can know. Whether uh, in in California, it's whether they are registered as a Republican or Democrat or an independent. But in Washington, you don't register as a particular voter, but the public data is whether you requested the blue ballot or the red ballot on in the primary. <laughs> Never vote in the primaries, baby. So, uh, you know, Washington for a very long time, Washington actually had a system that I thought was pretty equitable and was one of the best things against the two-party system which is that um when you vote uh you know for well for decades it was you vote for whoever the fuck you want in the primary and the top vote getters in each party advance to the next election um the party said you know there's too many people coming over and cross voting and and deciding to vote you know for the wrong candidate on the other side to you know strategic voting which you can't prevent but they sued the state and won like the the DNC and RNC, the only thing they've ever been able to agree on in all of history is that they want to screw over the population. And so they got together and sued the state to get the voter, the ballots so that the system changed and they, they made him throw out the, the free for all primary. So for a while, uh, the change, the compromise was something that I think is actually very fair. Um, and that we used for maybe five or 10 years was okay, fine. We'll just throw everybody on the ballot. And instead of saying the top person in each party goes to the uh, thing, instead it's a free for all primary ballot and the top two vote getters, no matter what go to the main election. Right. Which is of course, insane when you that, look at that. Well, it, it might be, but that also is something the parties can't possibly handle. So they sued again. And the system that now is in place is when you select, when you go to vote in a primary, you have to choose whether you are voting on the Democrat ticket or on the Republican ticket. Oh, and fuck all of you independents who think that some people are good from one party and some people are good for another, from another. So have that. You got to be going down the party line. Then that question becomes, do they at least label the party in Washington where I know California has stopped that now to where they don't put the party affiliation. Oh, every, everybody, yeah, everybody on every ballot has a letter next to their name, which in California. Uh, and, and in, in Washington, if you want to get elected, then the surest way to do that is to have a D next to your name. That's guaranteed. Your, your yeah, name doesn't do you matter. Your California? issues don't matter. What do you huh? think of that California system? What where do they I think don't? of California? That Have system I not been that clear? they use where it doesn't show the party oh. affiliation. They just list the candidates' names. It's a similar system uh, with the primary. 
Well, do you want, so they're do you trying want the, to get to the point to where there's always like two Democrats on the ballot for the yeah, final. I was going to say, do you, do you want a glib answer? Yeah, it doesn't both. matter. The- <laughs> it, it was it was redundant information because every politician in but, California is a Democrat. Well, here's where it does make a difference when you start looking at this concept of getting rid of the Electoral College. Now, think how a California would go if, say, Trump wasn't on the ballot because he was the third you know, or fourth down the line in the primary. So he's not even included, but then we're expected all votes to count. The liberals have such crazy views. We want every vote to count, but we want to take your guy off the ballot. Does that make sense? No, no, it's corrupt. I'm not sure that that's unique to liberals because I guarantee there are places where Republicans are looking at this going, you know, that's a really good idea for us to go ahead and guarantee our power. I don't think a lot of Republicans. I don't think that's well, there's that rhinos are are (laughs) a Republican in name only is a term I've seen. Yeah. Um, So the, the glib answer to what do I think of the system where they don't tell the party is uh, that, yeah, well, of course, it's redundant information. Every politician in California is a Democrat. However, um, on second thought, actually, I kind of like it because the the worst thing that I have seen for democracy in general is putting a party name next to a candidate so that you don't have to know anything about the candidate. The only thing you know is you vote straight party ticket. And the least informed, most idiotic and damaging voters to our democratic system are the people who vote straight party lines without researching anything or caring about anything. It would be far better for our country if you didn't vote than if you voted any party, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. If you vote straight party lines, you are hurting the country. So taking out the information of what party they are, making them actually go I mean, even if the only thing you do is do a fucking web search on a name and go, okay, it's a Democrat. Yeah, I'll vote for him. Okay, that's stupid. But at least you were in danger of learning something about this person. I would like for voters, if you're going to vote at all, I would like people to research the issues. But again, my utopia is not where we're going to live. But we're giving people ballots like in our area. One of the things that's on the ballots also is for judges. Nobody knows who any of these people are. The judges aren't even allowed. They, they give statements like I, I support justice. Right. Because you, they're not even no allowed to, to you know, any, any issue that they might be required to, uh, to make a decision on in the future, they can't say their opinion or they'll be kicked off of the case. So they judges aren't allowed to ever give their opinion. And, and it's damn hard. Yeah. It's damn hard to go find out what they've ruled on in the past. And like anybody's going to do that. Most people won't look up, you know, your treasurer that look up all these other, uh, you know, smaller officials in most elections. I mean, your mayor, people are probably going to figure that one out. President, that kind of thing. They're going to know something about once you get down to like city comptroller. It's like, <laughs> really? Like, I'm going to do research on yeah. that guy. Uh, uh, that port girl. commissioner is right. is a real common one around here. Because, you know, of course, for me, the judges. Yeah. It was always a simple thing. If they had an Irish last name, I voted for them. If not, oh, fuck them. See, I, I actually have an even simpler criteria. Well, okay. The simplest Random. criteria is the most of the All judges. Most of the judge, well, there's that. No, most of the judges around here run unopposed. So uh, it's not really much of a choice regardless. But when there's more than one, um, if if I don't know the issues in 
or I don't understand them or I don't just don't want to investigate. I don't, then I have a really simple short circuit that works for me and is at least more valuable than voting straight party lines, which is I always vote against the incumbent. That's not a bad idea. Churn is good. Yeah. Well, churn, churn is not only good because it sends a message that I think what the system we have is shit, but also if you, you know, because the biggest problem with our government is that we have uh, an entire profession of people called lawmakers. And if you're, and if your entire job is a lawmaker, then what are you going to do? You're going to make laws. And for somebody who thinks we have too damn many laws already and would like to have fewer, I would really like them to, you know, I I would like them to not have the job of lawmaker, but if you take one of them out, somebody else is going to get it. So the next best thing is to just make it so that they've got other things to do. Like if every single one of them is new, they're not going to accomplish anything for the first six months in office because they're learning the ropes. Great. Let's have somebody every two years go learning the ropes. That's 25% of our bad laws shut down. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, the the government getting larger where the only solution is people working for the government have to cut their own jobs. Yeah, it's it's a system that doesn't make a lot of logical sense. No, it should be on. There should be every ballot that a citizen gets should have a referendum about. I mean, do you think this many people should be in the government uh, payroll? (laughs) Should there be less? And then everybody just keeps voting for less. A lot of them do. But what they look like is, uh, do you want to raise taxes on this? And raising taxes are a referendum on how big do you want government to be? No, yeah, a lot and of, that's one of the things we get here. Always vote against raising taxes. Oh, yeah. It still ends up happening, which which because. is unfortunate when when you get severely guilted by every other parent in the community for I can't believe you voted against the school levy. Now all of our kids are going to have no after school programs. Well, OK, fuck you. First of all, you're thinking of the kids. I don't have to. Uh, but, you know, it, it, ah, fucking anybody who uses kids as an emotional argument. Fuck you. But. At the same time, if the schools are so badly mismanaged that they need to raise my property taxes every fucking year, what am I getting out of this? Especially when I don't have kids. I don't actually try to let that stop me and I won't vote against schools just because I don't have kids, but I will vote against schools when they're horribly mismanaged and are raising my fucking property taxes every single year saying, oh, well, you know, we can't afford to keep the school basketball program running because we're paying our administrators too much. Well, let me tell you a story about a school in the area here, because we had that period where the federal government was giving so much money for all these things. It was part of Obama's big, uh, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to spend our way out of the recession where we're doing all of these programs and that we have a bunch of schools in the area here. They built a brand new high school, which is one of four in like this little area that are, you know, they all share the same name. There's North, South, East, and West. And they built this school. That's some creative it, school naming there. I know. They built this school. It existed for one or two years before they realized we can't really afford this. And they abandoned the brand new school they had just built because. <laughs> well, that uh, right there, that is a homeless solution, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think they, I mean, that college may have purchased it. One of these colleges may have come in and purchased the building or maybe not yet. I, I I don't know the exact status right now, but that explained everything you need to know about government, which was we are getting these funds from the Fed 
If we don't use it, we're going to lose it. Yeah. So let's build a school and then realize a year or two after building the school, we didn't really need the school. And now what? Waste. Taxpayer money 100%. is free. Yeah. And it's you your know, money. Who cares? Yeah. It's, it's not the money of the people who are making the decision. The people who are paying it don't have a choice anyway. So who cares about spending it accurately or wisely? It's not good. It is not good. So, we need to take control. As, as long as we're talking about taxes, I have to bring up because like I said, it's, it's vote day and I've already voted on this. But if, if you've ever listened to grumpy old Ben's, you probably have a pretty good idea how I voted on these. I just have to call out what they are. Um, I told the story on, on a recent episode might've been the last one about, uh, Tim Iman's car tab initiatives. Didn't I? Yes. Uh, where, uh, car tabs are, um, for my 20 year That's old sedan, fee, right? Yeah. Licensing with the, the fee to register your car yearly, uh, for my 20 year old sedan, it costs about $140 a year. Um, and, uh, if you have a newer car, uh, it's a lot more. And if you have, well, the, I just want to let you know, it's all the same price here in Illinois and it's way cheaper. I, I don't doubt that. Um, we have had a string of initiatives, uh, mostly coming from this one person, uh, all of which have been effectively, we want our car tabs to be $30 a year, no exceptions. And it's amazing how many of those initiatives pass. And then the state or the bureaucracy comes up with yet another excuse why they're like, oh, yeah, of course, it's only $30 a year uh, plus this fee. It's only $30 a year plus this. It's only for plus this. Uh, the big one was uh, the transit system that is is uh, it, it started billing us on our car tabs in 1996 before I was old enough to vote against it. And um, they're selling point was if you vote in this tax then we'll bring trains to your city and i will be retired before the first fucking train comes to my city <laughs> Is that bad? but it, it, they're talking about uh we are you know they've they've come up with the whole region-wide plan and uh the region-wide plan had my city at almost dead last for their building order and that means uh 2044 is the year that they think that they're going to get a transit in my city. There's a reason why everybody in this County voted against it. But since they decided that the voting was uh, the entire region, take it or leave it, everybody in my County voted against it. And that didn't fucking matter because 80% of the people in Seattle voted for it because of course they get the benefit first, but anyways, better than you. uh, So, this uh in this case it is initiative 976 is the one that's on the ballot now which is uh yet another we want our car tabs to be $30 and in this particular case it says uh car tabs will be $30 no we really 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 mean it this time also uh stop billing people for transit until they get the trains which by the way is how any if you're not a government agency or if you're, you know, this how a private company is supposed to do it is you collect fees on the service you provide and you use that money to expand service. Not you collect fees for five decades saying that you'll provide a service eventually and then maybe you do, which is how government works. So right now there's a huge campaign of, oh, you've got to shoot this down because it will destroy transit everywhere. So that's, that's one of the 
one of the initiatives that's on the ballot. The other one, though, is the one worthy of a rant. Um, we have what is called Initiative 1000. I don't know why it has two names, but it is also called Referendum 88. It is on our ballot. Uh, it Okay, so 1998, um, Washington State passed one of the new, uh, in, by initiative, one of the laws that I think was pretty good. It was a law that actually um, banned affirmative action in government. And, and specifically, it is government contracts and government hiring. Uh, it said simply the state shall not use preferential treatment based on race in order to hire people. So are, are, are you there or am I talking to the ether again? <laughs> no, I, guess, I, okay. I know you're going on for a long yeah, time, you, but I'm I, actually here. Okay. I just, I want to make sure that I did. We didn't get cut off again. I am. Okay. I am anyways. W- so waiting every last word on this rant. Okay. Initiative 1000 and this, by the way, initiative, whatever it was, 200 back in 1998 was pushed by Democrats because it was to bring out or to, to shoot down the racial divide. It was an anti-racism initiative is our government is being racist because affirmative action. Here is where the left party has changed. Now the people on the left are bringing out initiative 1000, which says we want this initiative to end discrimination by allowing the government to institute affirmative action. There is an initiative on the ballot, which will probably pass with 95% approval by Seattle fucking morons. This initiative, those that, that is actually the name of the demographic. This initiative on the ballot, it is an initiative to ask the government to institute racism. You want to talk about institutionalized racism. You have the government go look at somebody's skin color and use that to decide who they're going to hire. That is racism. That is racial discrimination. That is what the people on the left want now. Well, yeah, because it fits their narrative. It's different. You can't be really, you can't be racist against white guys though. I can <laughs> apparently because I'm yeah. white, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't so, get it. Yeah. But so I'm, I'm with we, you. we have an initiative on the ballot, which I I've already registered my vote for. I'm not going to tell you which way I voted. Shouldn't have to, but uh, this shit is going to pass because it's woke and we are going to suddenly have a government I, uh, an institutionally racist government because these people think it is woke to bring back racism. Well, in order to help the minorities, it's okay. Oh, yeah. Well, right up. So here's the thing. And, and here, here, by the way, is my recommendation to anybody in the state of Washington who feels like they might be discriminated against based on this. That's easy. When you sign up for the job, tell them you're black, tell them you're Latino. Tell the, tell them you're anything but white because they are not allowed to make that judgment. They have to take your word for it. Oh, so it's like the tranny stuff. Yeah. You have so to take everybody's just, word for it. Except yeah, just when, lie. It just because, because this is totally going to pass because this state is fucking dimension B adult bullshit. Uh, if you are going to apply for a government job or a government contract, you need to tell them you are anything but white. Because if you tell them, if you say you're white, you're going to lose that contract. So just say you're something else. It's the new world order. 
lie. It'll get you further. No doubt about it. It's interesting that uh, uh, I was going to say Trump, uh, Obama was out and on his talking at one of his uh, was like one of his things. He was being interviewed by the actress from uh, Blackish and Grownish, and I was very surprised, except for the fact that I, I'm, the only way this makes a hundred percent sense to me is he knows there's another shoe that's about to drop in some of this stuff. And some Democrats are about to get caught up in something because he very specifically said of this woke stuff that it's time for people to get over it. It's time to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, this, wait, of course, are, this, which which Obama was that then? Barack. Barack Obama I, said that this cancel culture stuff is I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but that the cancel culture stuff has gone too far that sitting and judging people on social media is not really bringing about change. I mean, he was very clear about it. It sounded like his disdain for this this whole society thing that's going on right now. I'm I'm suffering so much cognitive dissonance here. You, you said Obama. Yes. I don't get it. This was Barack Obama. And like I said, the only way I can figure is there's about some evidence because he's like, you know, there are, you know, people that do good things, you know, have flaws and sometimes, you know, oh. do bad things as well. You know, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, he, you could say if he was talking about Trump, you were taking people off the ledge. But I'm wondering if this is just setting up. There's about to be a Democrat who's going to be in the crossfires. And you're I, gonna I like see, that. Uh, I like that. Would make I like your, sense. I like your theory. Also, we are so cynical here on Grumpy Old Benz. Yeah, I think we are. But it was interesting that the major networks didn't cover this. So they're pushing their narrative, even when they're for lack of a better word, Messiah, Barack Obama, the guy that everybody wanted to, you know, be president. He had his eight years, the guy they still wish was president. If he says something that doesn't push this narrative that the media has going right now, even the media won't cover him. And it was an interesting thing to, to watch him make these statements and yeah, to see that's, that, you know, he could be the voice of reason right now. Yeah, that's surprisingly reasonable. Which, I mean, I never thought he was a unreasonable person. I thought his policies were bad and I thought so, he wanted to push us towards a different you know system. But uh, I never thought that he was necessarily hiding anything. He was always pretty clear about what he wanted. So we're running a little long here. Um, I had one other topic that I wanted to bring up, but I think I'm just going to tease it. And that is. Uh, I've, I've got some quality uh, information to lay down and rants to make about the census, which is Ooh. kind of tied to elections. Well, it is because it all depends on you, where funds go and all of that. I mean, how long of a rant is this? I mean, an hour? Uh, no, I've got probably 15 minutes. Okay. Well, then we'll bump that to another show. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> what we can fit that into another one, but we do want to mention that we do have a couple of producers for the show today. Executive producer, our buddy Black Six, no note. So thank you very much. Thank for you, that. Black Six. And our buddy Jay Noah Davis is still on the monthly thing. So him and uh, Sir oh. John Fletcher, they are pushing this monthly donation thing. And we really appreciate that. As no agenda mentioned, even yes. on the last show, you know, and that's why we're always going to mention these things that come in because it's the, it's the people that are, uh, pitching in a few bucks every month and it's steady that is really really cool that you like the show enough it's not just a one-time thing like hey i like what they said on this last show we're bringing a donation in 
if you choose to go on a monthly donation. Obviously, they think we're doing something right. So, Jay Noah Davis, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Yes, uh, your, your thank support you. Means we more to we us. absolutely appreciate all of our support. It's it's one of the things that keeps our microphones on and keeps us unhinged. I was going to say it keeps you ranting, but even if there was no money whatsoever, I think you would just be sitting there in a room with a few cats ranting. Oh, so you you wait. You have microphones in here. Do you? Uh, I mean, well, how yeah, do you know what? The- how do you know how I spend my Saturday afternoons? Well, I mean, your wife bought you the microphone you're actually using for the podcast. You don't know about the other thirty that are scattered oh, throughout your house. Of course. <laughs> you know, I was thinking on the Bemrose package. I was thinking, I, I, do, do we want to? Uh, you know, No Agenda has a a cutoff where um, you know it, a certain donation values they don't read on the show for anonymity. And I was wondering if we should do that for grumpy old Ben's too. Um, I wanted to propose that if you, if you want to donate to grumpy old Ben's and you want total anonymity so that we don't read your name and we just, you know, we appreciate your support, but uh, we're not going to out you as grumpy old Ben's donors, which I understand will get you labeled a social pariah in many circles these days. Um, I think that for a donation of, Two hundred dollars, then we can keep you anonymous. <laughs> or too you, know, you could just request to be anonymous. Or you could request. Or- okay, fine. I'm trying to get some more. In- <laughs> trying to get or- some more money out of our privacy conscious donors here. If you want to be completely private, private a donation of five thousand four hundred and thirty-two dollars and eighty-six cents will never be mentioned on the air. I mean, we could just come up with like the the final two digits if the, if the donation yeah. ends in thirty-three or something. Maybe you want to be anonymous, but uh, we can come up with something like that. But I, as of I, right now, if you want to or, be anonymous, or, people, just say you just let us know. Yeah. And if, I mean, and we also take suggestions right at grumpyoldbens.com, Darren at grumpyoldbens.com. If if you have ideas of of ways that we can you know help out our producers, because we are absolutely indebted to you, let us know. And you can also donate via Bitcoin, which is anonymous in the fact that we don't see your name when that comes in. And we need a producer like Dame Jennifer doing those really cool animated videos for no agenda. I was looking at those and just drooling and the software that she's using looks really easy to use, except she's a professional. So using this for other stuff. So has paid the 600 or a thousand bucks a year that this thing costs to produce these videos. And it looks like you can produce them very cheap and very easily. But if anybody has that software out there, let us know. We'd like to get some videos made. Or, uh, you know, if you think that's something we should be investing in, I love the idea of putting up little clips on video sites, maybe not YouTube, but it's a great way to uh, blast the best bits out there to bring more people in to let them understand what Grumpy Old Benz is all about. But producers, I mean, that's one place no agenda is 100% right. You never, uh, I put a call out, our buddy Larry sent a little, you know, 15 second clip for me to play on the Halloween pre-stream for the no agenda show yesterday. And I had put out the call via the socials that when I was said, uh, you know, hey, any no agenda producers. And he's like, well, hey, can a non-producer send you something? I'm like, no, everybody's producers. This is a lot of people don't get this, but everybody that listens to the show is a producer in one way, shape or form. I believe they hit that completely correct. And we appreciate everybody listening. We get emails, we get comments on the social media sites that, uh, you know, help us do the show that bring you the show that you want 
And we don't look at people as listeners. It's not like, you know, we like to follow the metrics and know more people are listening, but you're not strictly a listener. We expect more. We want to put you to work. This is part of the system. I mean, if you're listening to grumpy old Ben's, hey, get to work, promote the show, hit some people in the mouth, as they say, but not literally punching a Nazi in the mouth. No, that's bad. Well, not unless they punch you first. Well, yes, that's completely and utterly fair, but hey. To subscribe, grumpyoldbens.com. You can click a variety of buttons to subscribe. We're now on Stitcher because somebody asked us to be on Stitcher. So we're on Stitcher, Android, Apple, email, and we'll, I'm, there's a few other things we can add as well if we want to be on SoundCloud and all that. But I don't really know. I always thought just one place was enough. You have an RSS feed. Why can't everybody get it there? I don't know. But go to grumpyoldbens.com. Subscribe. We have to make it easy. We have to make it easy for our subscribers, no matter how much work it is for us. Remember that. Donate. Noagendastream.com on Friday mornings at 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. California time, Seattle time, Washington time, where you can tune in live. Noagendastream.com. You can get in the chat room. Have a lot of fun. Tell Sir Bemrose where he's wrong. It's a whole lot of fun. And we appreciate the people that come into the chat. And participate when we're doing it live. It makes the show a lot more fun for us. And we get instant fact checking. Another place we put you to work. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. And with that said, until next time, another extended episode here. I have been Darren O'Neill live in a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I still have candy, but I'm not eating it. And from America's left coast, where it's November. Halloween is over, and it's time to put up the Christmas decorations. I'm Ryan Bimrose. Hey, hey, hey.